If you would, please open your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're going to notice the first five verses. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Isn't it comforting in so many ways when we have opportunity to sit down in our homes and, and drag out those old picture albums that we have and we begin to look at... Uh, pictures of our loved ones and our friends from years gone by. We look at that and we remember a life that maybe was not hardly as complicated as it is today or one where it was a little more simpler. Uh, maybe we didn't have the things that we have today, but we sure did have a good time. We enjoyed being around each other. We have a great love for individuals who come in and out of our lives over time and, and we can remember them and we hold them dear, don't we? It may be sometimes when we're not feeling exactly the way we'd like to feel, we can open up those pictures and we can look at those things and, and remember all the, the pleasant things that we had in life. Maybe we've lost someone and we want to look back over the pictures that we have and remember those fun times and the love that we shared. You know, the Bible in one sense is a picture book. It's a photo album. And I believe that... As we study through the pages of the Bible, we can see pictures of Jesus from one end of it to the other. Normally when someone thinks of Jesus, they automatically begin to think of the gospel accounts, the ones written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But really, that's a narrow scope of His interaction with mankind on this earth, isn't it? He's been interacting with mankind from day one. He's always been a part of our world, and He has been from eternity. We know that He didn't have a beginning. In the beginning was God. The Word, or In the beginning uh, was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word is God, right? He's always been there. He's been there from eternity. But He's always been in our history. And because of His great love, He became a man. He took upon Himself the form of a man. He lived as a man. He suffered as a man. He interacted as a man with other people. And we owe much to Him, not just for His physical coming into this world, but, but what He left for us. He left for us a path to heaven by giving Himself and suffering for all of us. We are indebted to Him because He is light and life. His life gives light to everyone. John recorded saying that the darkness cannot extinguish it. We also know that He is the first and the last, Revelation twenty-two, thirteen. The Bible, for the most part, is a book of history, but I believe it is His history. I think from the beginning to the end, we have pretty much a theme throughout the whole book. We look in Genesis through Malachi, and we are learning all along that Jesus is coming. We get over to the biographical Accounts of his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he did in fact come. We begin to read the history of the first century church in Acts, and we go all the way to the Revelation, and he is coming back. The theme is Jesus. 
We can see His pictures, His fingerprints in the history of man from the beginning, and it'll be all the way till the end. The whole Bible speaks of Him and His blood. Jesus warned. He said, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, John 5, 39. Now he was talking about the Old Testament, not the New. Perhaps the Master meant that they thought they had salvation in the law when he knew that they did not. Or maybe they were like those of Jeremiah's time and who swore by the temple. They would say, the temple, the temple, the temple, Jeremiah 7, verse 4. They were putting their trust and hope in a building instead of in God. Jesus has always been in the history of man. He has always been where we needed Him to be. I think the point is every passage in the Bible points to Christ. He is there, and we can see His pictures in this book. He isn't only in the New Testament. He is also in the Old. I want us to notice a few things tonight for just a few moments. In Genesis, He is the seed of woman. The seed isn't with woman. Therefore, Genesis 3.15 must be a prophecy of the virgin birth. When we get over to Genesis 49.10, we learn about Shiloh and that He will come and that when He does come, He'll gather His people. Well, Shiloh means rest and Jesus is the one who gives rest. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. In Exodus, He is the Passover Lamb, our Redeemer. This is a type. And Paul said, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. In Leviticus, we read of the Day of Atonement. That's a type of Christ. That's a type of the Master, Leviticus 23, 27. Now some think this book is a little too dry and technical. But let us remember, from the commandments of these prescribed forms of worship, we get the emotion that caused the Psalms to be written. In Numbers, He is the Rock of Horeb, who gave the life-saving water. And Paul reminded us, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4. He remains today our water of life, doesn't He? John 4, 14. And He will guide us just as He guided those in the wilderness. He is specifically mentioned in Deuteronomy, that prophet like unto Moses, Deuteronomy 18, 15. He is our great prophet, He is God, and it is to Him who we must hearken. Joshua saw him as the captain of the host of all the armies of God, Joshua 5, 13 through 15. Joshua asked him, whose side are you on? Of course, he was on God's side. He was on the side of God's people, and he remains that way even today. In the book of Judges, each judge, all 15 of them, are a type of the Lord. When Israel found itself in trouble, God would send a Savior. And that hasn't changed. He sent His only begotten Son, Romans 5 verse 9, to save us. Ruth was a Gentile, but she is in the lineage 
of Christ, Matthew 1.5. She is the great-grandmother of David, and from her we learn how the Master was brought into this world. First and second Samuel, he's our mercy seat. Like them, we need him because no flesh is justified by the law, Romans 3, verse 20. In first and second Kings, we are reminded that he is the King of Kings, and we know that he is the Lord of Lords, 1 Timothy 6, 15. In first and second Chronicles, he is the intercessor. He is our high priest, Hebrews 4, 14. Like Ezra, our Lord was a heart preparer, Ezra 7, verse 10. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5, 8. Like Nehemiah, he was a builder, and he said, I will build my church, Matthew 16, 16 through 18. Though not specifically mentioned in Esther, God can be seen from the beginning to the end. Mordecai told his, his niece Esther that whether it was through her or not, God would deliver the Jewish people, Esther 4, verse 14. And He did. He saved them through her efforts and God's providence. And because of Him, they celebrated the Festival of Lights. And He is our light today in a world full of sin. John 8, verse 12. Oh, Job, he wanted a Redeemer. He knew he needed one, but he had not yet come. Job 19, 25. But he did come. Galatians 4, 4. He came at the right time, and he mediates for us today. Galatians 3, verse 20. The Psalms mention him over and over. He is the powerful one who can do all for us. Psalm 23. Psalm 22, he is the suffering servant and our reason for singing. In Ecclesiastes, we have the picture of the preacher. Well, that's what the word means. Preacher and God's only son was a preacher. And we can all teach. He's our purpose and He delivers us from vanity. We have a metaphor in the Song of Solomon. Christ is the bridegroom and the church is His bride. 2 Corinthians 11, 2. Isaiah is full of pictures of Jesus. The beginning of His kingdom, the suffering servant, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Savior, Father. What a picture of a risen Savior. Jeremiah saw Him as the new covenant, the lawgiver. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Jeremiah 31, 31. And He is the balm of Gilead, that soothing salve, for the sin-sick soul, Jeremiah eight twenty-two. In Lamentations, Jeremiah saw him as the judge of the entire world. He is the ever-faithful one upon whom we can depend. Ezekiel saw him looking over the firmament, the second person of the Godhead, Ezekiel 1, 25 through 28. And he is the one who assures us that dry bones will one day come back to life. Daniel saw him as the stone cut out of the mountain, 245. And he is the ancient of days, chapter 7, verse 22. Hosea said he would be called out of Egypt. And literally, he was, Matthew 2:15. And he is the one who beckons us back to him, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. 
Joel said he was our refuge and the spirit bringer. Joel 2, 28 through 32. And he did just that. Acts 2, 16. Amos said he was the sword bearer. The one who would bring judgment upon our very souls. Amos 3, 1 through 2. But he is also the one who will show mercy when we repent. Amos 5, 14 and 15. According to Obadiah, he would put down all pride. Solomon said, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before fall. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Jesus warned us that pride was one way Satan uses to tempt us to sin. 1 John two fifteen through 17 Just like Jonah, he would be a preacher to the Gentiles. John 10, 16 He is our salvation. And bringing us back into the fold is what He wants. In Micah, we have a picture of His miraculous birth. Some have gone so far as to say that Christ studied every single Old Testament uh, passage that would have had anything to do with the coming Messiah and memorized every one of them and figured out some way to have them come to, to pass. But Micah said he would be born in Bethlehem, but not just Bethlehem. He said the Lord city because there were two. Micah 5, 2 and Joshua 19, verse 15. Nahum said he could calm a storm. He also said that he was full of snorting in the nose. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. Nahum 1, 6. That is what his fierceness in anger actually mean. He talked about the anger of this one. And we saw the picture of his righteous anger when he cleansed the temple with a scourge. John two fifteen. Habakkuk said he was a faith bringer. A system of faith bringer. He is the Holy One who can save us. Romans 1, 16-17. Zephaniah said he would bring the day of judgment. Zephaniah 1, 14-16. And that he was a witness of God to us because he is God. Zephaniah 3, 14-20. Haggai said he was the stone in the temple. He would be more glorious, or His would be more glorious than the one that had come before, and that He would overthrow His enemies. Well, He is. And He defeated the last enemy that man has, death. Matthew 28, 1-8. Zechariah pictured Him riding upon a colt and being sold for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah 11, verse 12. And also that He is the Lord of hosts. In the last chapter, Malachi calls him the son of righteousness. Malachi 4.2 And he continues to shine upon us. Of course, his pictures can also be seen in the New Testament. In Matthew, he is the king promised to the Jews. Matthew 2.2 And he is still our king today. Mark depicts him like a Roman. Very much in a hurry and strong and as the perfect servant of God. Luke tells us that He is the Savior of all men, and that He is the Son of Man, feeling what we feel. Luke 19.10 But John said that He was much more. He was God in the flesh, John 1.14. 
In Acts, He was the one who poured out the Holy Spirit onto the apostles, Acts 2, 1 through 4. He is pictured as the Savior of the world and, and can be seen throughout the book of conversions. In Romans, He is the God of righteousness. Through Him, we are justified, Romans three twenty four. In 1 Corinthians, He is the rock that followed Israel, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And He is the only foundation upon which we can build, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. In 2 Corinthians, He is the triumphant one, giving victory. He is the sweet aroma of God unto the saved. He is the comforter, but unto the lost, not so. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Galatians. Galatians sees Him as the one who was crucified for us, the one who set us free. And He is also the seed of Abraham, Galatians 3, 16. In Ephesians, He is the head of the church, Ephesians 1, 22-23. He is the joy bringer of Philippians, for, he, for to live is Christ, but to die is gain, First, uh, Philippians 1, 21. In Colossians, He is the preeminent one. He is everywhere. He is our completeness. Colossians 1, 18. In 1 Thessalonians, He is the comfort bringer. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But in 2 Thessalonians, He brings vengeance when He returns to those who do not obey Him. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8. In 1 Timothy, he is the one who standeth in the light to whom no man can approach and who has brought us immortality. 1 Timothy 6.16 He is our faith. In 2 Timothy, He's our judge and we ought to love His appearing. 2 Timothy 4.8 In Titus, He is the blessed God. He is the authority by which we preach and by which we teach and the one who cannot tell a lie. Titus 1.3 He's the brotherhood bringer of Philemon. He is our benefactor. In Hebrews, well, he's just better. He's just better. Better than Moses, better than Melchizedek, better than the old covenant. He is our perfection. Hebrews 1, 1-4 It can be terrifying to fall into his hands, Hebrews 10.31, but it doesn't have to be. John 14, 1 through 3. In James, He is the power behind our faith. He worked for us and we should work for Him. Not to earn, but to manifest. James 2, 17 through 18. In First and Second Peter, He is our example and our purity. Hope and knowledge come from Him. He's our life, our pattern, and motivation. Now we learned that in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He is the love, the light, and the truth, and we have to walk in all three. 1st John 1, 1 through 10. In Jude, He is the foundation of our faith. He is the faith preserver. And we need to teach it because it was once delivered. Jude 3. Revelation came directly from Him. He is the beginning and the end. We win good triumphs over evil. We know that because we read the end of the book. The Bible is a book about His story. And we can see His pictures throughout it. We can identify Him. 
The only thing about family pictures, though, is if you want to be in one, you have to be in the family. And Jesus told us how we get into His family. Faith and repentance, confession that He is the Son of God, immersion in water for the forgiveness of sins and faithful living. See, we have to be born into His family, 1 Peter 1, 23. There's something else about family pictures that when we pick them up and we look at them, we notice there's always a family resemblance. Can Jesus be seen in our lives if we're a part of His family? He must be seen in our lives. Are you in the family of Jesus tonight? Have you obeyed the gospel? Maybe you have and, and you've become unfaithful. Sometimes members leave the family for a period of time, don't they? But they're always welcome back. And Jesus says we can come back if we need to. If you have need to answer this Lord's invitation at this time, let that be known as we stand and as we sing.